Hello, and welcome back to the Security Metrics Podcast. My name is Jen Stone. I'm one of the principal security analysts at Security Metrics. Very excited to be here at the community meeting in Europe at Dublin, Ireland today. Um, and I have two excellent QSAs with me from uh, a couple of different places. I would love for you to introduce yourselves to our listeners, uh, starting with Gary. Hi. Thanks, Jen. Um, Gary Glover, uh, Security Metrics, been doing this for a long time. Eight, it'll be 19 years in, in January. Oh, wow. So, um, But where did you start? Where did I start? Well, I started as a mechanical engineer in aerospace and um, um, did that for seven years and then learned how to write software and then moved to a software company, a little company called Novell. Maybe people <laughs> have heard of Novell and uh, did the printer driver download code for all of Novell and uh, pretty, you know, you don't even have to do that anymore. Right? <laughs> it's interesting when you're a software developer for a long time, you know that everything you do is worth nothing in five years. Oh, no. So, oh. <laughs> so then I moved so from software development. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, so uh, moved from uh, software development into security. My, my neighbor, Brad Caldwell, said, Hey, uh, come be a security guy. And I'm going, no, I write software. I'm an engineer. You got anything you need me to build? Anything like that? No, security's great. So, uh, anyway, turned out to be a good move. Been doing this now for, for almost 19 years and right. excited and think the industry is great. So. Terrific. Andy. Oh, so it was me. So I want to also say thank you for inviting me. I know this probably seems unusual to some of the viewers. Like, oh, is this going to be like... The battle, of, battle of the battle Titans. of the QSAs. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, Gary's a friend, and we've and we've seen each other in the industry for a long time. So I, I think this is my either fourteenth or fifteenth year as a as a QSA. Um, and prior to that, I worked in car production before the the brands uh, created the SSC. So um, my my story is a little bit probably. It feels a little bit vanilla and a little bit strange, and there's a few odd twists and turns, but I actually started out working in IT services and infrastructure um, by accident. I, um, I <laughs> spun up an IT services company when I was made, um, I was made redundant whilst I was working at university. Um, the business decided to wind up, and uh, all of our customers were suddenly left without any tech support, so we ran a help desk. Um, so my colleague and I at the time went, ooh, this feels like a business opportunity. So we set up a little company, we serviced all those customers, and then like a true techie, I got a little bit bored. I was like, oh, we can do this now. We've got a ticketing system. We can take the calls. And I just kind of ran out of stuff to do. Um, and so I sold. I sold my half of the company to him and said, I'm going to go and find something else to do. I find myself working um, in big IT infrastructure for the National Health Service in England. So I ran a huge monitoring infrastructure, watching over huge amounts of financial services systems for the NHS, which is quite interesting. Mm. Um, and then in true techie fashion, I got a little bit bored. Um, and I had a friend who was like, you should come do security stuff with us. Like you've got all the, you do all the technical stuff. You've worked in data centers, you do the rotations, you know, like you've done Windows, you've done Linux and all the firewall stuff. Why don't you do this with us? It's kind of interesting. And then I moved to KPMG. So KPMG was my like, oh, the big four moment. And it feels like you've either done it or you've not done it and you've got the scars to, to prove it. <laughs> and so I stayed there for a little while and in, in true fashion, I, I got the opportunity to take a, like a management role at Trustwave while Trustwave is still one of the, the bigger QSAs in the community. Um, and then I, I did about three, three or four years there, and I just decided I needed a break. It was one of those like it's time to go. I, some of the, some of the like the services side wasn't really things I was interested in. The QSA business was very much like we were doing the same thing. It gets a bit repetitive. 
I got this phenomenal call from a gentleman called Rick Dakin. Um, so Rick Dakin was uh, Coalfire's uh, former CEO, passed away a few years ago. Really lovely guy, and he just said, "Andy, we've got we've got a couple of your ex colleagues. They just said I should give you a call." He's like, "Can you be in New York on Friday?" I was like, "You do know where I live." <laughs> so <laughs> I got a flight from Manchester, York. England, <clears throat> over to New York. And I think the big lesson I learned from this was just say yes if it sounds like it might be interesting. So I said yes to Rick Dakin, and I've now been with Coalfire almost 11 years. I'm a VP in our assurance business. I have a great time. I get to get to sit on gear with people like Gary, who you know, phenomenal to be around, collaborate with. I have a f- fantastic team myself, and I know we'll probably trade shots occasionally. But there's a, there's a lot of business in the QSA space, and we, and we right. all have our own little areas right. of expertise. Oh, um, and also for my sins, I'm a PFI, so I've done investigation work, and I was one of the first P2P QSAs in Europe as well. So right. it's like a I, I like to do the complicated stuff, um, yeah. and then I wish I didn't like to do that. And so, <laughs> and I know that Gary is the VP over over the PF, PFI services at um, Security Metrics. So, so in other words, you two are very, uh, I I would say. Competitors, like the you, you, the classic, you're both QSAs, you're both BPs. You come from two very big QSAs in the space, and yet you're sitting here collaborating together on something that you mentioned briefly called gear. And and so, why is it important for what what we would consider competitors in the industry? Why have you chosen to be here together? Why do you choose to be on gear together? Uh, Gary, maybe tell us what gear is. Yeah, and and this has really been something that's been just fantastic for the in, for the industry. I think it's it's been what six years, six years now. I think six yeah. years. I think so. Three different sessions. They do two year kind of increments of of gear members, and <clears throat> essentially it's just a collection of QSA companies that do um, a number of um, the services or, or the. Standards, I guess, is the yeah. way to say it. The, the support a number of the standards that the PCA Council has out there. So you have to have, um, I think, th- support three of the standards. Is I think the, it's is, three, yeah. Is it three? Um, three programs. Three, you have three to be programs you have to be part of. And so it's it's the QSA companies that are pretty serious about the space, right? Right. And I think, and I think that's what the council was looking for was, can we get feedback from our customers? Right, and I think this was a real great opportunity uh, for the council to, um, you know, I think they knew we were the customers before, but we didn't have the greatest communication. There wasn't really a venue for it, and so I don't know who came up with it at at, uh, at the time, but you know, we all been hoping for something like this. The one of the yeah. reasons I really liked coming to these community meetings is they'd have a QSA meeting afterwards, and we could all ask questions of the council, and they're all sitting up there in the on the <clears throat> stage up high and we're down low and you know it sort of felt like <laughs> please sir may I have some more right? <laughs> you know? and and uh you know we got some good answers and and they were very kind and i'm not saying that that was a bad but it felt it felt different it right? did and it, it was like watch who goes into remediation next Based right. on oh, no. some, right. some of the crazy questions like. we would see. You would see, and it was always like a rookie QSA would say something, and, and then there'd be a collective intake uh, of breath. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> did he really just ask that? You're like, yeah. So we, we used to see those. And then gear, gear kind of came around, I think, to acknowledge the differentiation. Mm-hmm. So I think you'll see that the people you see at gear are people who've, A, been around for a long time, have invested the commu- into the community, you know, both... 
monetarily time support guidance if you if you go through and look at all the the white papers and the guidance documents you know security metrics and coal names on almost all of them you know mm -hmm. like and that that by definition by definition is a commitment we make back to everybody for no fees and there's no there's no business there right. it's us making sure people are doing the right thing we're all card holders we all spend money with credit cards nobody wants to see these guys you know getting away with the the kind of criminality we've seen for a long time but gear gives us an opportunity to kind of uh, there's a little bit of self-validation. There's a little bit of, right. I watch the nodding heads in the room. Right. And when you make a point, you see these questions. Like, yeah, there's I don't a, hear the a few people that. go, ooh, is that really what, what these guys do? And then there's a few of us who all know each other and have been in gear for a while. And there's a few nods and it was like, I was going to say that. <laughs> right, right. I'm glad he said it first. So what are some of the topics that gear has tackled? So that's a great question. You know, over the years, um, we were pretty heavily involved as a as a group for 4.0. Not, yeah. I can't say we developed 4.0. That's really the council's job and the council's purview. But they did, you know, I think one of the first times in this industry, they they consulted with us, right? Yeah, and sure. And asked us, what do you think about this? Or give us feedback on this way early in the process. And I think that's, you know, to me, I feel more ownership in 4.0 because of that. Um, opportunity right? i think i think we've influenced more with 4.0 than we ever did in the past exactly i always i was i used to feel that 1.0 and 2.0 and the, the, all the little transitions were kind of done to us mm -hmm. not for right us. that's a good way to say it and so like 4.0 <laughs> is kind of it feels like a coming of age of the standard it's like mm -hmm. it's not just been done to us mm -hmm. and i think the big indicator for me personally is the speed of which they take gears feedback yeah, it's phenomenal. I know the, yeah. the community cycles are quite long-winded, and there's a lot of there's a lot of technical review that goes into the standards being commissioned. But there was some serious issues that Gear discovered, and it's because of the people on Gear. So to be on Gear, you have to be a leader in your organization. You're typically an executive level member of staff, so you've got decision making. You'll perhaps be engaged in contractual relationships, and there was a number of things that happened. And Gear was like, "Hey, if you do this, it's going to create mayhem." You know, like there'll be some things right. that you just can't unpick mm -hmm. and it, and it's not compliance, it's not standards, it's the implementation in the real world right. of how this gets done, how contracts are enforced, how, legal, how to tax people how legally, how legal will do stuff. And, and when you're a QSA on the ground, you don't necessarily get involved in any of that. You're like, I'm going to go and do my job. I'm going to write my report on compliance. My boss's boss is going to deal with all that stuff. And then... It's us that then pick up all the flag when clients are going like, "We're gonna, are we gonna get sued if we have this thing? Is it right, discoverable?" Right. There's loads of questions that just sit outside of the realm of the standards, uh -huh. and the ability to go, we saw this, and, and we have. There's lots of us have mutual clients. You know, there's a lot of the big mm -hmm. players in the in the payments ecosystem don't want just one QSA firm. Right. They'll they'll have two and three in some cases for regions or just to be able to resource out the work. And we always talk. There's been a um, there's not been a significant uptick in, in the number of QSAs in the entire time we've been doing this. I think we capped around 2,500 at one point. And it's, it's you know, there's a lot of grind. Like being a QSA, you're on the road a lot. There's a lot of work. It's very technical in some cases. Mm -hmm. you, know, you can sometimes be the bearer of bad news mm -hmm. or you're the audit guy. The guy. You know, yeah. like the I'm going to be the guy who says no. And a lot of people just not cut out for that. Or eventually they're just like, I just, I need a break. You know, I want to go and do something else. I want to build stuff. I want to play with shiny toys. And maybe I come back in at security from another angle. Um, and I, I mean, I love my QSAs. I really have to respect the, the time on the road, the time away from mm -hmm. families. And then also post-COVID, you know, like 
we talk about the remote working, you know, like this, it's no fun being on Zoom after Zoom after Zoom, right? No, yeah. no it's tiring. Yeah, <laughs> people think, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's a lot more fun to be there in person. For sure. <laughs> for and sure, that, you yeah. know, that's the thing that I really like about one of the points. I think that the people that end up doing and being really good at this QSA assessing don't mind being around people. Right. And so being able to then also uh, interact personally with other QSAs and some of the big ones, <clears throat> excuse me, the big companies around the world, I think there's like 38 QSA companies represented on gear from all over the world, right? Mm -hmm. People from um, the, the Asia, South America, um, Central, Central Europe, yeah. I mean, all over the place. Really so, good coverage. Yeah, and so I like that too, that we're, you know, the people that are participating are coming from all over and we get to have physical, hopefully most of the time, right? Some of the people <laughs> don't fly all the way um, uh, for all of the meetings and some of them attend virtually, but the neat thing is, is that we're there and we can talk at breaks, we can yeah. see each other, feel like we get to know each other. I can approach Andy now anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like Hey, I know this guy. He's going to be nice to me, right? <laughs> and and we're not adversaries. And I really like that about Gear too. Is that is that we put down any kind of dukes that anybody has, right. and we're all the same. We're just trying to help each other out. And it is a, like Andy said earlier. It's a volunteer. This is a volunteer thing. We're not getting paid to be on Gear. Right. We're paying to be on Gear. Yeah. And and, and, and we, we like we want to do it, things, right? Don't we as well? I know. Uh, we kind of carry the flag for the PFI. Um, because the PFI community has been been suffering quite badly in the in the mm -hmm. last couple of years, there's been a lot of changes. But gear becomes a focal point. Like I have other PFIs, I'm sure Gary does too. They'll come out and just say, "Look, I'm I'm not engaging that. Would you Would you give me an update? Can you represent some some comments I've got?" Mm -hmm. And and that it wouldn't have happened. I mean, back in Wonder O days, that just the community wasn't there. Right. And and you were you would be your next QSA friend in the office would be the person you'd ask. So it's been and an evolution really, then of, really of interaction over yeah. time. Well, and I, and I like the way too that that um, spin off of what Andy said. Even our QSAs at our company say, boy, next time you go to gear, can you ask this? Yeah. Or we have a client that says, ask the RQSA a question. And they go, man, I don't know. Or that's really a weird thing. Or here's this one statement in the standard of for, for P2PE that just doesn't make sense. And if they just did it this way, it would be way better yeah. right, type of a thing. And there's a venue for us to, to deliver some of those tidbits of, of feedback um, outside of the formal feedback right. process, which the council does great, by the mm -hmm. way. But but it, it feels faster, doesn't it? It, it, does it feels like we can course correct those. And it's usually the silly things, right? Mm -hmm. It'd be something that everyone's going to go, ah, oh, that's a mistake. Mm -hmm. And then the standards approach is, well, we'll maybe have to re-release the standard. That's got to go through a whole cycle. Mm -hmm. We'll issue an errata. That means there's going to be something that else has got to be done. There's a whole legal review. And I, <clears throat> I don't think most QSAs really appreciate the standards management cycle. Yeah. I, I think it's easy, and as well as a QSA, you, you know, you either go through the compensating control burn, you go through a QA burn, you're like, everyone's had that red line rock that's come back with like, oh, I screwed up, I didn't get my narratives right, I've been there, done that. And then the the council becomes like the focal point sometimes of that frustration. Mm. And, and we've even seen amongst our contemporaries, we'll see people who are vocal, but in a way that's not constructive. Like mm -hmm. they're, they're frustrated, they, they vent at the council, and you're kind of like, hey, if you if you channeled that more positively, right. we might actually get something done, and that's what we tend to do at Gear. We're like, hey, there's some things we can solve for, there's some things we can't. And what's really fascinating now is I think we're in the third iteration, as you said, and we start to link more with the board of advisors. Mm -hmm. So we've had almost mm -hmm. like crossover sessions with the BOA, 
And then the BOA members are typically our clients. So, you know, there's this really healthy mixture of, you know, some of the biggest players in the industry from the consumer and implementation side and the biggest players in the industry from the assessment and consulting side can actually sit down in a room and mm -hmm. go, hey, we're going to mention this. Is that come up at gear? Like, can we can we all make sure we're on the same page? You know, like if we talk about it like this, this is our problem. How can we resolve it? And then the council and, and the brands listen and take action uh, in a way that's just much faster than I think we've ever seen. So right? I was speaking to someone who was who their company is on the board of advisors, and um, she was telling me uh, yesterday that they won't even consider hiring QSAs that aren't part of gear. And and from from what I'm hearing from you, it seems like because there's a maturity of thought and of knowledge and of interaction yeah, for sure. among the gear members, would you say that's? Well, yeah, and I think, and, I, and again, the, the way that they kind of allow somebody to participate on gear is because you have supporting a number of programs. So there is a, you know, you have to kind of be all in a little bit. And, and, yeah. and I think that may show a level of, commitment by a, a QSA company. Hey, we're not here just to do PCI DSS. We're here to do some of these other, you know, software security framework. And, and we're, we really want to be all in. Um, but not all QSAs can do all things. I mean, we don't have a, a hardware lab. And so we don't do PTS stuff, yeah. right? And right. But, but, you know, I, I hate to feel like an elitist. I don't want to be an elitist. But um, it, it really does. Members of the gear probably are pretty good QSAs typically, right? I mean, because you've had you've gone been around the block a little bit, so there is something to say about potential quality. I, I like I, I think of it a little bit like the the kind of it's as close to an MVP program as we're probably going to get anytime soon. And Gary, Gary knows I raised this at almost every gear meeting with Lance and and prior members of the council in the past. I was like, I feel like we need a better way to represent the experience in certain people's hands because we don't. You know, like, and, and Gear discussed this, and, and Gear has kind of become that, but it's it's still mostly organizational, and there's a little bit of, you know, just you've got to be in all the frameworks, you've got to have all this kind of capacity and resource essentially committed to the to the council. Um, and I, I, you know, we talk about retention of QSAs, you know, because it's, it's a mm -hmm. tough job at times. Um, mm -hmm. And it would be great to see that acknowledged by the council, hey, you know, this is a two-year QSA, it's a three-year QSA, mm -hmm. it's not a five-year LinkedIn fodder. It's a, you know, like, you're a Q1, two, so, you know, something right, that's consistent right. with yeah. other industries, like the legal profession do that all the time. Um, and there's lots of other disciplines where you're essentially professionally professional services type person. But there's a way of saying, hey, I've done this for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got skills. But experience is the application of skill. Uh -huh. and, and I think that's really valuable for, for the kind of people we work with. And that's why they're now saying, hey, we're, we're just going to focus on the gear QSA community. Yeah. That, that's very interesting. So um, it, what is gear currently working on or, or you know, future plans? Is what, what kind of interesting things are, are happening? There? Yeah, and I don't know that we can say a whole lot. Oh. But they, they make so sorry. It's, it's, probably, it's probably worth saying what we've, what we've managed to influence, though. Ah, right? Okay. So right. The, yeah. the in place with remediation scenario was a right. huge topic for gear okay. um, and it was mainly because a handful of us came together and said we've all had clients say this is going to be really bad right. um, and it was mostly a contractual thing mm -hmm. and again so that's one of those things that it's immediately impactful if you're implementing a standard mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily a standards issue and so there's little things like hey if someone checks an in place with remediation it sounds great it sounds like we're going to say hey there's a continuous cycle of improvement going on and then we had clients come to us and say, hey, if, if that gets checked, it's an inference. We weren't compliant at yeah. some point. Right. And that has implications contractually yeah. for us yeah. that are legal or uncomfortable with. And 
we're, we're just not sure that it's the right way to go, given the history of the standard. And it's not currently like a CPA-based attestation, so it's not time-bound. You know, it's a point in time. There's always an allowance for remediating an issue and then being compliant. Mm -hmm. So I think there was things that were done with really good intentions that the gear were able to give that, hey, real-world feedback is this is a disaster. Right. Like, don't do and it. And they took the feedback like, and really quickly as really well. Quickly, yeah, within one meeting, I yeah. think, wow. had that fixed. So I think another thing that I really like participating on from Gear was probably the last session was they actually came to us and said, how's the rock template, right? And and so we were able to provide a lot of feedback on, on what we thought would make the rock template better. Mm -hmm. And... You know, I don't know that it's still perfect yet. No. No. But but the the thing that I have confidence is is that hey, they took some of our suggestions and implemented them and I have confidence that they'll take them again. Yeah, I, right? I, I do. And too. I think that will be a So so there's some future things I think as 4.0 moves forward, I think all of us have still only done a handful or two of 4.0s. I think the, the world is still kind of waiting to see yeah. Yeah. whether it's real. And I'm going, yeah, it's it's, it's real. It's real. And, and there's a lot of people rushing to get another 321 three, done. 321 so I'm to wait a little bit longer before I have to do four. Yeah. Well, um, one of my colleagues has done a, oh, at least half a dozen. I think he's 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 right now possibly the world leader in doing 4.0. <laughs> so, yeah. um, uh, but and he says it's actually not too bad. Right. And so, I think that's the thing. Yeah, I think that's the, the, the takeaway is that, yeah, they asked and and with that input from the right. gear community. And I think one one thing that has really helped there too, I wanted to make a point, we can kind of go back for a second yeah. is, you know, we're, you may think, well, it's just the leaders of the council are there, but they have representatives from pretty much all of their teams. Right. So somebody from QA is there, somebody from legal is there. People are on the programs or on the technical side that wrote the standard, the management, the, the guys that do the training. So, I mean, we can provide feedback and they ask for feedback in all these areas. So I remember one of the previous meetings, they had a session on how should we do training going yeah. forward in the future. And some of our suggestions, I think, were really well considered. And, and I think we'll see some of those changes in the training that the QSAs have to get annually in 4.0 mm -hmm. moving forward, more modular, things like that. So I think... And, and the modular piece was one that they were really keen to get gear feedback on. Right. And then Travis, who's the, the training director, he was he was super excited to come and show it to gear. He was right. like, I know you guys are going to be happy about this. It means you can do the training once and you know if it changes, you can redo it rather than like, I've got to sit and watch two hours of videos right. again this year, you know? So it's like they're thinking about us. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, and I think that's, again, great. that's the stuff that people don't realize that the, the council are not your adversary. You know, they're, they're yeah. the people who are trying to help. And, and again, sometimes there's a little bit of bureaucracy that we have to manage because we've got to do things consistently and there's a lot of stakeholders. But I mean, gear, the last gear session looked like a meeting of the UN. I mean, like it was, <laughs> they, they, they increased quite significantly the council stakeholders. I think it was the first time AQM had been properly mm -hmm. represented in person. Mm -hmm. And then legal was there. Um, and and it, it was just this, it's this phenomenal, that's mine, I'll own it, I'll take it away. Mm -hmm. Rather and than, all of them are taking notes, Really, right? yeah. The, but but really, time. I think that speaks to the value that, that the gear brings. Yeah. Because if you weren't doing good work, you wouldn't be getting that response from the council. Right. To me, it's just been a game changer in industry. And for a long time, we were afraid to talk to the council because we didn't want to say the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like, hey, they're nice people. They kind of want to make this work too. And I th I think they probably always were. Yeah. Right? I'm not saying that they weren't and they've changed or anything. I think it's just been a better communications venue and it's a 
uh, a safe space for I, us I, to all be. I, right? I think the safe space is the really important bit. And, and not in a kind of cliche kind of way. Mm -hmm. I think in the past it was always, you'd have to call a council and it's like phone a friend. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm gonna call someone and then I know, right? Mm -hmm. But then Gary doesn't know. And so, um, you know, QSAs move around. They're like, oh, why we used to do it like this. And right, so we right, could, right. there's a Council danger. Council told me this once. Yeah, right. like, there's a danger. <laughs> we create inconsistency in the community in a really bad way. And the only people who pay the price of that are our customers in the collective sense. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the ability for us to kind of step back and do a few things for the greater good, like the reporting discussion was really healthy. We even talk about things that are a lot more future state, like is a Word document really what people want? Mm -hmm. Can we make the data more consumable? Mm -hmm. Is there anything that we can think about maybe two generations down the line um, before we get lost in like quantum computing and AI and all the crazy stuff? Mm -hmm. Like, hey, can we just make the standards talk to each other a little bit better? You know, like we've got great standards with SSF. Mm -hmm. You know, the PFIs are in a strange place because of what's been happening in the marketplace. Um, how do we solve for some of these immediate challenges mm -hmm. so that people still get value out of this community? Because if we don't still deliver value as a community, eventually the community just erodes. Right. And, and people will do the, okay, well, maybe I'll do something else instead. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Uh, final words about either collaboration or gear before we wrap up? I don't have anything except for a high five, maybe, Fran. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really first. been great. It's fantastic <laughs> to have these relationships and... Um, you know, build friendships over the I, years. I, I appreciate it. And I, I think the fact you invited me, I, I'm somewhat humbled. I think it's amazing that we can do this kind of stuff together. And I think the outside world will go, oh, there's two competitors. And we yet we can still achieve stuff that's valuable to everybody. Terrific. Right. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks I really appreciate us. it. Thanks for watching. To watch more episodes of Security Metrics Podcast, click on the box on the left. If you prefer to listen to this podcast, it's available on all your favorite podcast platforms. See you on the slopes.